Great news, everyone. Jesus is alive and well. This is Glenn Raglan, Educational and Transformational Ministries. Great ministries. Welcome to this week's podcast. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for those who have tuned in to this week's podcast. We lift up the families of the shooting victims in Texas. We pray for those on my prayer list. Continue to lift up my brothers and sisters in Africa with Pastor Joshua. We pray that your word will go forward. It will not return to you empty. It will accomplish what you sent it to do in the name of our hope, Jesus Christ, amen. We conclude our study of Ecclesiastes and let's pick up with chapter eight. Solomon praises the man who is wise in verse one, which is a continuation of chapter seven. My friends, when you have wisdom, your whole disposition changes. Your facial expression and your body language would draw people to you. Nobody likes to be around people who have their lips poked out. People want to be around positive people. The wise person knows how to conduct themselves in the midst of authority. Solomon is talking about kings, but how do we handle ourselves on our job when the boss is around or not around? In today's world, employees are finally coming to the conclusion that if they don't like the orders coming down from the boss, they can leave the job instead of bad-mouthing the boss, stressing, and getting fired. The owner of the company can only make rules for his employees at his company. Those rules don't apply to you after you leave. Unless you are self-employed, you will always have someone in authority over you. At our jobs, we should let the love of God shine through us. But that love cannot shine if we are a complainer. Solomon directs us to obey the king. We don't live under a king, but we do live under a government. And we still have to obey the laws of the land. And just like that job you may not like, if living in the United States has become too much, you could always leave. The bottom line is, God wants us to obey authority. If you cannot obey man's authority, you will probably have an issue with God's authority. Chapter 9 confirms what is known but not acknowledged, and that is, all lives are in the hands of God. In chapter 9, verse 9, Solomon gives advice that he did not heed himself, and that was to live joyfully with the wife whom you love all the days of your vain life. My brothers and sisters, I'd like to share some of the questions I have in my mind about Solomon and his 700 wives and 300 concubines. What did wife number one think about the ever-increasing number of women? Number two, how much Solomon time did wife number one receive once the number of women reached 100 or 500 or 1,000? Number three, how did the concubines feel when they were not made wives? Number four, did you know that if Solomon made love to two different wives a day and one different concubine a day, it would still take him 11 months to go through all of them one time? Folks, Solomon did not find true love. Chapter 10 is a collection of Proverbs. Verse 1 says, Dead flies putrefy the perfumer's ointment and cause it to give off a foul odor. So does a little folly to one respected for wisdom and honor. My Christian friends, it takes one small mistake to ruin a lifetime of work. 
This past week, a pastor announced that he would be stepping down from the pulpit effective immediately because he had committed adultery. The announcement took place at the end of the church services. Then, a woman stood at the microphone confessing that she was the one the pastor had been sleeping with, and it all started when she was 16 years old. She carried the guilt around for over 20 years, and it had been slowly eating away at her. She had to get it out of her system, no matter who it hurt. Folks, sometimes our dead fly sins stinks up our family, our job, our ministry, our lives, and most importantly, our relationship with God. The pastor asked for forgiveness, while the woman asked for accountability. Chapter 10, verses 8 through 10, implies that when you go about doing normal activities, accidents will happen and you will have no control over them. You may have more success if you plan, but it is not guaranteed. So personally, I like to plan my vacation trips instead of winging it. I want to know where I'm going, when I get there, where I'm staying, how far do I have to travel, and how much the trip will cost, along with the best places to eat. That doesn't mean travel obstacles are placed in my way. It means I have a better chance of a successful trip if it is well planned. In chapter 10, verses 11 through 14, the timing in the use of wisdom is stressed. Wisdom that is not used at the proper time does not help the situation. When you have a job to do and your coworker wants to talk instead of work, you must use wisdom to get your work done and not offend your coworker. Keep the conversation short, then get back to work. In verses 16 and 17, Solomon compares the leadership of those who are immature and show no self-control versus those who use wisdom at the proper time. Chapter 10, verse 18 says, Because of laziness, the building decays, and through idleness of hands, the house leaks. My comrades for Christ, Solomon is referring to incompetent leaders who allow their responsibilities to decay. In metro Atlanta, there are counties that have good schools, great parks, and well-paved roads, while other counties have run-down schools, substandard parks, and roads with potholes every 50 feet. The difference is the leadership. They have set high standards for the way they want to live and how they want the citizens within their jurisdiction to live. My friends, Ecclesiastes 10 and 19 has gotten some people into trouble as they take this verse out of context. It says, A feast is made for laughter, and wine makes merry, but money answers everything. Folks, some people think this verse means party, party on, and that's okay. My money will pay for the party. But the verse is still referring to the king, to leadership, to those who want to increase taxes to pay for their extravagance. This is another warning that Solomon did not adhere to. Listen to 1 Kings 4 verses 20 through 23. Judah and Israel were as numerous as the sand by the sea in multitude, eating and drinking and rejoicing. So Solomon reigned over all kingdoms from the river to the land of the Philistines as far as the border of Egypt. They brought tribute and served Solomon all the days of his life. Now Solomon's provision for one day was 30 cores of fine flour, 60 cores of meal, 10 fatted oxen, 20 oxen from the pastures, 
and 100 sheep, besides deer, gazelles, roebucks, and fatted fowls. My comrades for Christ, tribute in verse 21 is tax money. It has been calculated that the daily provision was enough to feed 15,000 people. Keep in mind that they had beverages with the meals and wine would have been served. So you can imagine how much wine was consumed each day. And who paid for it? The taxes on the people. In chapter 11, verses 1 through 6, Solomon is encouraging his readers to be prudent investors. Some have interpreted these difficult verses to mean give liberally to the poor and it will come back to you one day. But this interpretation doesn't fit the context of the rest of the verses. Solomon had a large fleet of ships that he used for international trade. Next, Solomon encourages the youth to enjoy their time while they're young. But know that God will judge you based on what you do. My brothers and sisters in Christ, here's the problem with being young. You spend the first 17 or 18 years with your parents, then the freedom to do what you want to do years quickly come and go. It is these years that get you into trouble if you lack self-discipline. And finally, we get to chapter 12, where Solomon emphasizes our Creator, that He has made us. The preacher says to enjoy the youthful days before the aches and pains of old age comes upon us. Old age includes trembling hands, weakened muscles, a stooped back, lost teeth, and failing eyesight. Verse 7 reminds us of where we came, saying, Then the dust will return to the earth as it was, and the Spirit will return to God who gave it. We live our lives, but one day we must die. Solomon was not only a wise man, but he was also an educator and an author. He wanted to write pleasing words, but instead he wrote the truth about life. Solomon gives his conclusion on life in verse 13 and 14. We are to fear God and keep his commandments. This is not the cowardly, scared-to-death fear, but reverence and service to God. We serve God by serving his people. My friends, that is what God will look at at the end of your life. Did you serve others with your life, or did you serve yourself? Would you make a decision today to reverence and serve God? Let's pray. Father, thank you for the wisdom of Solomon, written for our education. We pray for the anointing of wisdom on each person listening to this podcast. We pray for victory over selfishness so that we can serve your people. In the name of the Lord of glory, Jesus Christ, amen. I continue to encourage you to find a good Bible teaching church. Send your prayer request as well as your praise reports to our email address, which is hello at greatministries.org. Please continue to pray for Great Ministries and share us with your friends, your family, your loved ones, and the unsaved. Stay safe, be blessed, and have a great week.